Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This morning, your co-host Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. You're listening to episode 34 of The Spin Chagrin, and the category last week was a comedy featuring a dog as the main character. So, Frank, what you got? Well, I technically one-upped you in your Damn. category because not dogs? only do I have talking dogs as the main characters, but I have five talking dogs oh, as the main characters. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm going to take you on the adventure of the world of Airbud, and I'm sure that there's someone out there, and I don't want to meet this person, you know, ever. But I'm sure there's someone out there who has an overwhelming knowledge of the canon of the Airbud universe, as in they know all the movies and the spinoffs, but just as some brief back history, after the first couple Airbud movies were very successful, they spun a franchise of more kid oriented Airbud movies mm-hmm. involving Airbud's offspring, which are the Air Buddies. So there's five Air Buddies uh, there's Buddha, there's B Dog with a W, mm-hmm. there's Rosebud. There's, oh, what is his name? I was trying to do these off the top of my head. There's Buddha, Rosebud, B-Dog, Mudbud, and shit, it's the fat one. Butterball, but with D's instead of T's, Butterball. Oh, butter, okay. So you'll understand that the B and B-Dog stands for Bud. So every one of Airbud's offsprings has his name incorporated into their name. Oh, Jesus. But the interesting fact is that not only do they have his name incorporated into their name, their names also represent their personality. So prior to their birth, Airbud had the prescience to name them all based on things that would eventually become their defining uh, personality trait. So for instance, Buddha, he wears prayer beads around his neck. And he's really into meditation and saying namaste. And then Rosebud is the girl, and she's super into being a girl. Because Mm. in, I don't know, Airbud world, there's no defining characteristic for a woman except to wear pretty clothes and talk about fashion. Okay. Uh, Butterball. the, The dogs wear clothes? Some of them wear clothes, some of them don't. Okay. They all have something that's on them, though. So, Buddha has prayer beads. Rosebud, she wears like a a flower ribbon thing in her hair. Uh, Butterball, he is the one that likes to eat, but he wears a football uniform and has eye black under his eyes because (laughs) that's what athletes do is they eat a lot of food. Okay. Uh, Mudbud... Uh, just as gross all the time because he's always getting into shit, like literally. And then B-Dog wears a <laughs> necklace with a diamond B on it and always says dog a lot, but you wouldn't be able to tell that he wasn't just saying dog because he's voiced by some I don't know, 12-year-old white kid <laughs> except that I watch everything with subtitles so I could tell that he was saying dog. Uh-huh. Like D-A-W-G. So it actually added this subtle nuance of 
something to my viewing experience. Right. So I actually watched two buddies movies. What? Okay. Uh, I watched one and then I was like, I got to watch another just to see. Uh Uh-huh. And the first one I watched is 2009's Mm -hmm. science fiction comedy film Space Buddies. Okay. Because it seemed the most accessible to me. Mm-hmm. So the first movie is called Air Buddies, which I assume is the origin. Right. Then there's some second movie, but I don't remember what. Uh, Snow Buddies. Snow Buddies. Snow Buddies, mm-hmm. which I guess is just like Snow Dogs, but with five talking. Um, then there's Space Buddies and the Spooky Buddies. So I was like, you know what? I don't feel like watching Snow Buddies. I'm just going to jump right into Space Buddies. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Space Buddies for a few minutes. Okay. Did you need any backstory? To see i feel like buddies. i feel like orion is going to criticize me here and say that just like with sharknado i should have gone and watched all the buddies movies but i got that kind of time i got a bunch of other shit to do and it's bad enough that i watched two of them right so again the premise is Airbud had five children mm-hmm. and for some reason all five of these children were split to different homes and paired with owners who are the human personification of them so buddha's owner for instance and this movie opens uh in buddha buddha's house with his owner okay they're looking in his telescope at the moon and buddha's owner is saying like yeah man i'm gonna touch that moon someday and then his mom comes in and she's like oh so and so it's time to go to bed And he's like, oh, Buddha, time for me to go to bed, but I'm going to wake up in the morning and be an astronaut. And then he takes his, he takes his pretend spaceship and goes, and gets in bed. And then Buddha looks up at the moon and is like, yeah, like, that's pretty cool. So then you find out the next morning that there's, so everything takes place in this city called Fernfield. And Fernfield is like stars hollow with no imagination and nary the hint of personality or scandal right okay fernfield so burn that into your head because it's really important in spooky buddies okay so they find out that on the outskirts of fernfield there's an elon musk style although i guess back then that wouldn't have been it because it's 2009 there's this rich man that owns this airfield and he wants to go into space so he hired dauber um, to be his, you know, Bill Figerback or however you say his name, to be his head scientist. So right away, you know, this movie is straining the bounds of credulity because they hired Bill Fagerback to play a smart man, right? <laughs> like that man has never been cast in a role as anything but an idiot right. or someone who's mentally handicapped. I mean, that's the roles he gets. Right. But here, here, he's an astrophysicist, mind you, because he's in charge of a multi-billion dollar space program. Mm-hmm. so he's got his team of people that works for him and one of them's like the poor man's michael j fox and the other one is some girl with glasses that's like called like like mainframe or i don't know i can't remember what her name is or something okay. but basically um his name is pie uh you know because he's like into math and then shit i can't even see her name astro spalding i guess is her name okay and then his other partner is slats bentley 
So forget those names because we're not really going to talk about them. Okay. Then he's got the arch nemesis, who's also a scientist, but you only know he's a scientist because someone says that he is. And his only, so he's evil, quote unquote, but his evilness involves dressing nice and liking cappuccino. Mm. Now, in I mean, the end, that's, that's it's pretty the, evil, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the end, he does some things that are kind of heinous, but it never really hurts anybody. But we'll, we'll get to that shit. Oh, Kevin Weissman. Yeah. He's very short. I recognize him from small parts in a bunch of <laughs> literally. <laughs> so, so Buddha learns that his owner kid is going on this field trip to go visit this spaceship. So Buddha gets his kid to ask, can you take pets? Now, mind you, the buddies can talk, but they can only talk to each other. Humans can't understand the buddies. Okay. So the kid like bothers his teacher, and his teacher says, nah, man, like you can't bring a dog to a fucking, you know, space station, you idiot. But that doesn't deter Buddha. So Buddha goes around to all these different houses because everyone in Fernfield lives within walking distance of each other and recruits all the other buddies to come with him to go to the space launch facility okay so even though they all like, li- they all live in Fernfield, right right everyone lives okay. in Fernfield. Okay. And, and there's nothing outside of Fernfield in this world it's like wandavision so okay. even though there's only maybe 14 or 15 kids on this bus and a teacher and it's a small bus these dogs sneak on the bus to go on this field trip but then Butterball can't help himself, so he eats all the kids' lunch. Like, it's just scene after scene of him, like, eating some poor kid's sandwich or tasty cake or like, drinking his milk. And the teacher is allergic to dogs, so she starts sneezing. She's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so allergic only to dogs. Like, what could be making me feel sick? But nobody notices these dogs just hanging out, like, on the... It, it's like, remember in Baby's Day Out, I said, like, nobody looks down, so, like, no one can see this right freaking like two foot toddler like yeah yeah, it's the same thing like no one's paying attention to this shit right so they get to the airfield and all the kids it's you know uh it's a skit or whatever a gag i've never seen before it's crazy so the teacher is standing at the door of the bus and she says okay kids we're here and you know what they're all so excited they run her over and she falls to the ground and then, and it's this is crazy. And then the dogs run off the bus, and they run over, mm. and one of the dogs farts in her face. Oh, and it's like, wah, so wah, this wah. is classy on top of it. Wait till we get to spooky buddies, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the dogs go inside again. No one notices, even though this is multi-billion-dollar facility. The bad scientist is trying to fuck around, so he's lowering the fuel level surreptitiously in the ship because his goal is to try and surprise surplant dauber as the head scientist so he wants to take credit for the space launch so in order to take credit for the space launch he's sabotaging the space launch which makes no sense there nothing Hmm. this man does in this movie makes any sense it's basically just like he's just there to be an asshole and he succeeds okay so the dogs go into this special chamber that gives them special dog spacesuits because the uh, the scientists have planned so far in advance 
that they know that someday dogs will need to go into space so they have a special spacesuit designed for dogs and a special booth that fits the dogs into these spacesuits although let me tell you rosebud she's not too happy because all the spacesuits are blue <laughs> and she wanted a pink spacesuit so then they're like, it's taken to this point for some reason for me to get like angry like the, the idea that there's dog space suits like somehow buddy, like, this is the thing buddy, that is <laughs> we've not yet gotten to spooky buddies so just hold your horses about getting angry so they all go and they get on the spaceship because again no one's watching even though it's an unmanned ship they go and get on it and then somebody randomly says like hey i see life forms on the ship and they're like nah that's not possible because there's only like these eight kids and they're all here so then the spaceship launches and guess what dogs in space but here's the thing there's no there's no traditional controls on the spaceship because all the controls are done by retinal recognition through glasses that astro mcboobies is like using down in the control center except that they left a pair of these glasses on the spaceship that was supposed to be unmanned so b-dog puts the glasses on now he's in control so they're flying around in space right so there's an old russian space station up there and they crash into it and there's a dog named spudnik not sputnik but spudnik uh-huh who's on the space station along uh-huh. with this guy named of course yuri so yuri's gone crazy from being stuck in space for decades and he's like oh my god i got all these dogs now like what else do i need in life i'm just gonna keep these dogs and live um so instead of you know trying to get on their spaceship and go home he just wants to live with his dogs in space so a bunch of shit happens and they escape and yuri's like no i'm not gonna let you leave and then his space station blows up and you think he's dead i was actually really shocked at this point so i was like what the fuck like they're right. gonna kill this character but he's in a escape pod so then he's piloting his escape pod to try and ram them so he can stay with them or something okay. but then b-dog so oh i'm sorry pie uh dauber has a talking ferret but only can talk to other animals so um that he lets run up his sleeve and then i guess he has a cutout from his armpit into his breast pocket because the ferret runs up his sleeve and then pops his head out of his breast pocket and the ferret's name is gravity Hmm. Uh so gravity gets on the mic and he's like hey here are the principles of astrophysics that you need to know to correct your trajectory so that yuri doesn't die and you guys can land safely uh, so even though they're taking off from Fernfield, wherever the fuck that is, but it's in the United States, 100% somewhere. Okay. And Yuri is from Russia. They kind of bounce off each other and then B-Dog like angles at a 30 degree angle and knocks Yuri's escape pod like to Russia. Okay. So then the dogs land. Oh, and during this time, the dogs have become national celebrities because everyone realized that there were dogs in space. So the whole world was freaking out, like, oh my god, these dogs are heroes. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, what the fuck are these dogs done? Like, they've basically stolen, like, a multi-billion dollar spaceship. Like, they're not heroes. Right. They're fucking dicks. Like, they should be at home, you know, eating their doggy treats and shitting all over the carpet, because that's what Mud Dog, Mud Bud does. So anyway, so they land and they get off, and this guy that kind of looks like Tib Meadows is like, oh my god, our heroes are home. And then this woman that maybe is supposed to be the queen is like, oh, jolly good sport, blah, blah, blah. And she has like two dogs with her mm-hmm. and they have like stiff upper lips and are sipping tea. And then in the most egregious moment in the movie, there's this there's this Mexican man, I assume Mexican, this Hispanic man 
that's working at a taco stand that has a bunch of chihuahuas like watching him and he turns around he's like I am your deal. Los perros are home. And then he puts on a sombrero and goes, ay, 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 ay. And I swear to God, that's not cheer, a joke. Cheer, Lord. Like that legitimately <laughs> happens in this movie. Um, so everybody's happy and the, the, the buddies are safe and that's the end of space. Oh, and then uh, Spudnik gets sent back to Russia and his kid, like his owner that he got taken away from when he got sent into space is still somehow like an eight-year-old boy and they're reunited. And then Yuri crashes in this field and this single tank comes up to him and he's like, oh, fellow Russians, I am Yuri. I am a spaceman. And they all hug each other. And that's really weird, too. Jesus Christ. That's that's the end of Space Buddies. So I watched this movie and being the fucking masochist that I am, I think, you know what? Like, I mean, it wasn't good and there's some really bad shit in it, but it also, you know, I mean, this is the worst that they got. So then I looked at the plot line of Spooky Buddies, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I'm just going to see. So let me tell you something. Spooky Buddies, so much worse. Okay. So the I, plot is... Hold on, hold on a second. All okay. right. So, so I looked at a firm field, apparently, by some kind of Air Buddies expert, supposedly southeast of Seattle. Um, but... I'm telling you, there's who, who a is, who is this? Yes, yes, I can see this. Like it is uh, disturbing. Um, this is uh, first of all, I didn't, I, I don't think I realized or remembered. This is our our friend Robert Vince who wrote and directed this. Who is we've talked about months ago? Who did MVP? The, yeah, MVP. Yeah, the, he's part of the he's part of the Airbud universe. That's why I was the why one of the reasons I was so drawn to Space Buddies because I'm already familiar with the Airbud universe. But you know what the thing is, is MVP can't talk. So either that's a really racist commentary on primates Uh or primates don't function under the same rules that infant golden retrievers function under. But I don't care to know. So let's just move on. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to talk about Spooky Buddies. All right. And I, I think Spooky Buddies is the true spin chagrin movie because it really... It really gave me some chagrin. So Spooky Buddies opens in 1937. And there's a bunch of grandpas and their Model T Fords. And they're like, the warlock's gone crazy up on the hill. We got to stop them. So they get in their cars and they drive up to the hill, right? Mm -hmm. And they get to the top of the hill and then it cuts inside. And there's five mm, beagle puppies standing in front of a mirror and this dude with long hair and a staff is standing there and he's like we're gonna summon the how mind you howloween h-o-w-l-o-ween hound and i'm gonna bring all the spirits of darkness into the world and i'm gonna take over and i'm thinking like oh this is kind of weird but let's see so He's like, hey, dog, why don't you come over here and, like, say "Hello, Halloween Hound three times in this mirror? And the and dog, I mean, with a D-O-G, not a D-A-W-G. We'll get to that later because B-Dog is in this movie. Oh. Later. Right. So the first puppy's like, cool, I'll do it. And he's got a talking owl. And the owl's like, who, what are you doing? And the dog's like, oh, Halloween Hound three times. And then Halloween Hound appears, and he's 
like a hound of the baskervilles type dog right okay um and he says hey puppy come here and the puppy's like oh yeah cool let me go see what's up here and then he breathes on him and the puppy turns to stone he's like yeah i just stole his soul and he's dead <laughs> and i was like what the fuck like this is much darker than space buddies yeah that's traumatizing for a kid right so then he does it three more times. He kills four of the dogs. And then finally, the fifth dog, and this is how stupid fucking dogs are in these movies. The fifth dog is like, I don't know if I want to go over there so much. It, it doesn't look like a good deal. And the wizard's like, oh, come on. like you Just come on over. like uh, Come talk to your buddy Halloween Hound. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to eat your motherfucking soul. <laughs> so the dog goes over like an idiot. Like Pip is the dog's name. So then... Uh-huh. Then the grandpa team, they pull up on the front yard in their Model Ts, and they get out, and now there's a kid with them, and the kid's like, oh my god, I gotta save my dog, Pip. And so they break into the house, and they're like, ah, we're so afraid to go in there, because he's a wizard. But then the kid just goes in anyway, because fuck it, like, kid doesn't care. Right. So the kid runs upstairs, and he's like, no, Pip! And at the last minute, Pip, like, pulls back. And in that moment, the sun rises. Oh, because here's the thing. You can only summon the Halloween Hound on halloween when there's a full moon and you have the staff the special book and we'll get to those things later Mm -hmm. and the souls of five dead puppies who all share the same bloodline Mm. so seriously like already a more like horrific plot than maybe the omen or something like it's (laughs) like there's like legitimate satanism happening in this right that was made by disney for children right so the sun rises and the pup's spirit didn't go in but he still isn't alive because now he's a ghost like floating around this house and the little kid's like oh my god my dog is dead i just want my dog back and his dad's like nah and he's like look i can see my dog's ghost and his dad's like nah that shit's not real this house is condemned locked so then the kid has to leave the ghost of his dead dog in this house jesus christ and the owl's like Oof, this is all real fucked up and just flies out the window <laughs> fast forward okay. 75 years right oh, okay. right so now the buddies they're all excited for halloween man it's buddy time they're gonna get dressed up in costumes so their kids are taken on this tour where they're at this house this boarded up house and their teacher's like yeah so this is the myth of the halloween hound in this haunted house and you know i think that people that go in here get killed and then these two bullies are talking to the mud buds um or the the buddies kids because the buddies kids are again just a reflection of the buddies themselves although now it's five different kids i think i don't think any of the kids are the same but i didn't care enough to remember or look it up they just felt different to me yeah so same teacher oh i don't know uh maybe i don't remember that either i don't know who cares the only thing that matters in these movies are the fucking buddies so get your priorities straight although there will be something with the kids later in this movie that's was really disturbing to me but anyway okay so the kids are like oh i don't want and the buddies are with them like i swear to god again these dogs are just hanging out and like no one knows these dogs are there but they're just there like chilling like listening uh-huh. to human talk and talking to each other in human talk except no human can understand them. Mm-hmm. so the bully kids are like yeah if you go in there like every year two or three kids go into that house and they die and then B-Dog's owner, who's this punk who says yo a lot, it's like, yo, man, I don't believe that. And they're like, yeah, well, you're a scaredy cat. You won't go in there. And so then B-Dog is like, oh, man, I'm so scared. He's hiding in the bushes. I'm sorry, because the other four dogs are like, oh, that's a really scary story. And B-Dog's like, yeah, but there's no ghosts in these bushes because I chased him out. But it just is showing that he's a punk. 
they're like oh b-dog you're a punk you won't go into this haunted house and he's like fuck you guys i'll go in so then b-dog is like yo this house is mad scary dog saying because that's how he talks like everything so right. he's walking around but he's got a little kid's voice because he's, he's a puppy right they've been puppies for a long time at this point too so don't think about that too much um so they're walking around he's walking around this house and then after like two minutes the other dog is just like oh man you know it must be pretty scary in that house we should go in and keep him company so they all go into the house so they're in there and they see the ghosts of pip and pip's like oh hey the other dogs are like oh but then they all go upstairs anyway so b-dog goes upstairs and stands in front of the mirror that's used to summon the halloween hound Mm-hmm. and they're like oh b-dog don't say halloween hound three times he's like oh you just said it once i don't want to say halloween hound again everybody's like oh my god you Jesus. said halloween hound oh, twice god. he's like oh we did it three times we're cursed so then like the pip ghost is like guys like how's it going and like oh shit a ghost and then they all run away so they flee so then as they're fleeing they're like fuck did we summon the halloween hound we had to have like we're all gonna die and now it's halloween so b-dog's owner was supposed to write a history report on something Mm. but he didn't prepare and he didn't remember so then he claimed he was writing a history report on the halloween hound and the teacher's like that's great maybe now we can all figure out if it's a myth or reality so this fucking 10 year old kid who just made it up on the spot is going to solve the mystery but you know what that actually happens so i guess the teacher was right so then the kids are like well like let's all research together because let's help this fucking slacker asshole because in the original movie the kid that was buddha's like owner was the leader but now b-dog's owner is the leader but he's also much more handsome and much less effeminate than buddha's owner so i guess maybe that's what happened i don't know Uh, okay they actually play into that and i'm not being like sexist or homophobic like legitimately it's a plot point of this movie we'll get to that okay so they go down they go to the police station and they're like hey you got any shit about you know this the stuff that happened with that wizard back in 1937 he's like i don't know let's go in the basement and look so they go in the basement and look and he's like oh here's all of our cold case files like have at it <laughs> so so b-dog's owner is like hey that file says 1937 halloween do you think that's it and he's like, you're a fantastic detective <laughs> the file. right so then the kid's looking through it and there's basically like a sixth graders pencil sketch of the wizard or the warlock from the opening and some other stuff like a picture a really badly photoshopped picture of this kid sitting on top of a model t holding a puppy you know who it is is pip Mm. and then there's a magic staff and i swear to god chris this magic staff is like a fucking glowing blue crystal magic staff and the sheriff's like meh this was with the cold case file do you think it's important and the kids are like well why don't you just let us take it he's like you know what i mean it's part of a cold case but you've got the cold case now so i might as well just give it to you so he's he's assigning the cold case basically to the Mm -hmm. children yeah yeah yeah, because it's for a history report so now they have the magic staff right so so they leave and then b-dog and his owner go home and the mom's like hey i got you that halloween costume you wanted and if you can't tell, like, I'm doing finger guns and, like, moving my shoulders a lot. Like, you can't tell, obviously, because this is audio only. But that's what I'm doing right now because uh-huh. that's the vibe you get. It's like, hey. So she bought him a giant rabbit costume. And he said, Mom, I wanted to be a hip-hop rapper, not a hippity-hop rabbit. 
Oh, and B Dog is like, oh, yo, so cold. But then here's the rub. He's got a magic staff, the kids. So he gets a wizard costume together and still makes B Dog dress up like a bunny rabbit because he's a dick. <laughs> so then they're going out for Halloween. So everybody's all dressed <laughs> up. So here's the thing that I, I, it took me a long, like, I actually was really tempted to go back and rewatch scenes of this movie because I really had no idea what was happening. But buddha's owner dresses up like a valkyrie like a german like whatever ring cycle like nibelung valkyrie right okay including bright red lipstick and purses his lips the whole time to look like he's making a kiss face and i was paying so little attention to him because he becomes such a small character Mm -hmm. that i was wondering did they do a sex change on this kid like is this not a boy anymore? Is this now a girl? Because that's got to be Buddha's owner because he's fastidious and he says namaste and that's Buddha's thing, you know? <laughs> because the girl, she's this pretty blonde girl with like, wears nice clothes and uh-huh. Mudbud's owner is this little, I think he's Hispanic actually, I don't know. Or like really like dark, like European, like an Italian or something, but he's always dirty all the time and kind of like saying saying dude he says dude a lot and he says dudette too which is a real key sign of someone that's carefree um and also uh, mudbud says dudette and dude a lot and then i think i've lost the plot here. so what what's going on with the well we've kind of gone off on the tangents so just hold your horses so so they all go out trick-or-treat but then they really did do something to like shake the pillars foundations of yeah i was gonna say the foundations of existence (laughs) because now i look i gotta look this guy's name up because it's terrible warwick the warlock played by harlan williams warwick the warlock has been resurrected and he's like hey al and all of a sudden the owl's there and the owl's like hey boss and he's like yeah 75 years nothing's happened to you I'm back. Let's get my fucking shit. So now it's Halloween night. So Warwick the Warlock is walking around, but see, Halloween didn't exist in 1937. Don't look that up. Because <laughs> in Fernfield, it didn't. And he doesn't know what okay. Halloween is. All right. So he's terrified. This all-powerful wizard is terrified because there's ghouls and ghosts and princesses and Snow Whites running around. The thing that was summoned was the hollow Halloween hound, wasn't right, it? Right, 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 right. So you would think he would know what Halloween is, but he doesn't. He had no idea. Okay. So he's petrified. <laughs> so he's like, oh, oh, no, look at the goblins, like all over the place, right? So the kids and the dogs are trick-or-treating at the same time but separately you know because like they don't want to seem like they're too attached to each other so the kids go to this house and this man answers the phone and he or answers the door and he's dressed up like frankenstein but he's wearing a hawaiian shirt and surfer pants and he has a surfboard that's his surfboard is a full-size surfboard but it's a tombstone because it says r.i.p and it's got a bite taken out of it sounds like the rob zombie monster is coming right doesn't it and he says, yo, I'm Franken dude. And they're like, oh, Franken dude, happy Halloween. And then their teacher, here's the rub. Their teacher's married to that guy. <laughs> and she's like, I'm Franken dude. And they're like, oh, it's so crazy. 
so then they give them all candy and it's like ah oh, thank you thank you thank you so then they leave and the dogs are like hey let's go up there so then butterfield goes up and he's like i'm gonna roll around on the ground and make a bunch of faces and shit and they're like oh dude this dog's so cool so they give just that dog a treat then all the dogs leave so then warwick comes up and he's like hey this house looks really powerful because they got decorations in their yard and they answer the dude and franken dude is like uh aren't you a little too old to be trick-or-treating dude and warwick's like i don't know what you're talking about but i need something and he's like well you can't get a treat unless you do a trick so then warwick like gets his out of fly in his arm and franken dude's like oh that's pretty cool here have some have some candy so he gives him a full size a full size fucking um hershey bar mm. and then warwick takes the hershey bar and just bites into the paper and starts chewing it and he's like oh so this is food in the modern day so first of all, so he doesn't know what Halloween is, and now he doesn't know what a candy bar is or how to eat. Like he's just eating <laughs> right. because no food. Was he doesn't packaged. understand packaging. <laughs> right, packaging didn't ex- packaging and Halloween two things that didn't exist in 1937. Mm-hmm. So Frank dude's like, uh, whatever, dude, and closes the door, and then Warwick leaves. So then Warwick's following around the kids, and he comes up to him, and B Dog's owner is like oh that's a scary costume and he's like give me that staff and b-dog's owner is like no you take it and then he explodes into a coffin i'm not really sure how that happened but that's what happens okay and so all the kids run away so then the warlock's like oh man like that kid's actually a really powerful warlock like i gotta i gotta watch out for him i need to get some people on my my team so he goes back to franken dude and franken dude's like yo man you know one treat for one trick and so Warwick's like, ah, oh, here's a trick for you. Oh, fuck, what does he say? He says, like, personality takeover-ish or something like that. <laughs> and mm. he casts a spell, and now Franken-Dude works for him. Mm. But here's the thing. Franken-Dude is wearing platform heels, so he can't walk very easily. Because I guess you're supposed to know this guy. Again, I don't know the canon. Right. You're supposed to know this guy from Fairfield that's, like, short, supposedly. Mm -hmm. i I didn't see that because they don't show his feet until this part and then they show him walking and i'm like what the fuck is happening here Mm -hmm. i don't understand it so warwick sends him after the kids so then there's the halloween brew haha um at the school that the sheriff is running so the every all the parents are there so the kids go there and warwick chases them there and then somehow franken dude is there following them because now he's working for warwick right mm-hmm. and he gets entered into a costume contest which of course he wins so then warwick gets up on stage and has wrestled the magic staff wait has that happened yet oh so b-dog's owner is on stage and warwick gets on stage he's like give me that staff you little kid and he's like i don't want to give it to you and so then Warwick gets behind him and wraps his arms around him and starts like basically dry humping him as he's trying to wrestle his staff away. And the police officer is like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? This is crazy. You can't do this to this little kid. And then Warwick's like, you know what? I'm tired of you monkeying around. Abstructo monkeyus. And then he turns the uh, uh, police officer into a monkey. Okay. Oh, and earlier in the movie, the two bullies had snuck into the haunted house or the Halloween hound's house mm-hmm. because they were going to find some stuff that would really scare those those other kids, and they got turned into rats. I forgot that part. Mm-hmm. Also, the Halloween hound came back, and he's going around looking for the five puppies. But 
that, that that comes into play actually that never really matters but anyway it does matter at one point but doesn't matter yet okay so the kids run away and they're like oh my god like so in the picture that they had of the kids sitting on the model t with the dog they had an address and they're like oh my god look where we are we're at the address maybe this guy knows something so they go up and they they knock on the door actually they did that earlier and the guy was like yeah that kid doesn't live anywhere obviously because 75 years <laughs> later the fuck off my lawn mm-hmm. but see the secret is he was a little kid but no sure i shocking <laughs> so then they go back to that house and it turns out that it's, it's rance howard and he was that little kid mm. so he's like yo warwick is back and he does terrible things and we gotta get his staff back from him and go hide so they go to church so i'm like oh that's kind of weird that the you know, disney movie they're going to church so they go into the church and warwick and i forgot to mention the part that warwick can surf on his staff so as long as he has a staff it'll float it horizontally you know like perpendicular to the ground okay and he can just jump on it and surf on it like you know like right. tnc surf designs or something so <laughs> He gets there and he he jumps off of his staff and he's like boogity boo and he tries to go into church and church like shocks him and then they get the staff and or no so I don't know some shit happens but Warwick's like then the old man that used to be the little boy says evil can't come in the house of the holy where god is present and i was like what is this fucking shit like so all of a sudden now there's this religious element to it because warwick who's just a bumbling idiot is also evil so he can't enter god's house okay then they realize that rance howard hid the book um warwick's uh, magic tome or whatever in this church for 75 years so they're reading it and b-dog's owner is like yo what is this weird snake language he's like oh that's latin i learned latin so i could read this book so i could cast the spell that would destroy warwick for good and b-dog's like yo man learning's for suckers so then warwick comes back so then the halloween hound has chased all the dogs and the dogs the five dogs they went to a psychic who was a poodle dog and she was like yeah you gotta go like you got this spirit with you because pip's ghost is floating around mm-hmm. you got the spirit with you you got to take him to where his body is before the clock strikes 12 on halloween or he'll lose his soul forever and it's like that's this, that came out of nowhere but that's right. part of the plot now right so they're like yeah we gotta we gotta save this ghost so they just randomly go to this graveyard where his statue is because he got turned into stone remember by mm-hmm. the halloween hound back in the beginning of the movie like 40 years ago right um or 75 years ago because it really mm-hmm. felt like that so the ghost goes into the stone and he turns turned back into a dog he's just a normal dog again like easy <laughs> and then the halloween hound shows up and the woman's like the woman the poodle is like hey you know motherfucker like you're not welcome around here you're the halloween hound like i ain't afraid of you and he breathes on her and turns her to stone now she's dead so <laughs> So then, hey, can you describe his breath to me? Like, what, what is it? Does he sh- like shoot it out of his mouth? Yes. Like a like a like a cloud like a like a cloud towards him. He opens his mouth and he goes, oh, and this like snaking tendril of I don't know stone breath poison. Like he's like a gorgon or something, right? Okay. In the traditional sense. 
So it comes out and it envelopes the thing that he's breathing at, and they turn to stone. So the, except the, for an, is except it really for an, slow? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty slow. Okay. And you would think that somebody could run away from it because they're still moving while they're right. in there, but nobody ever tries because whatever. <laughs> like we're not we're not advancing the plot if we're putting this logic in at this point. Sure. So I'm not gonna be honest. If it took me running, I don't know if I would like run away from the Halloween Hounds vapors. Like I thought he was gonna turn into a good guy, but that never happens. But we'll hmm. get there. So the owl is like flying back and forth and he's kind of playing both sides. He's like, Oh, um, you know, how do you feel Warwick the wizard? And he's like, Oh, that Halloween hound's an asshole, but I need him to rule the world. And the Halloween hound is like, yeah, Warwick's an idiot. And I don't really need him at all. I'm just going to rule the world on my own. Um, so then, so then, ah, oh, fuck. I lost the thread. Okay. So then, the Halloween Hound says to all the uh, the buddies, like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go kill your kids if you don't come with me." And they're like, "Well, yeah, obviously." So then they go with him because they're captured now, so they're in a cage. But then the two kids that got turned into rats, they're like, "Hey, dudes, we want to save you so we can beat this Halloween Hound." <laughs> so then they let. Oh, and then Pip is there too. So then they let the the buddies out and Halloween Hound, who like stepped out to take a piss, he comes back. He's like, "Yo, why are you out of your cage?" And the owl's like, "Oh my god, those rats did it!" So then the Halloween Hound completely ignores the buddies and goes to chase the rats, okay. uh, which he does. So at this point, Warwick has gone back to the church and uses some magic spell to blow the doors open of the church, and he says, "Check it out, kids." I'm going to murder your dogs if you don't bring me my book. And they're like, oh, my God, we got to bring him his book. So then he flies away on his, his staff, and then they go in uh, Rance Howard's Model T Ford to drive to the Halloween Hound's house, and they got the book with them. Um, so then they go inside, and at this point, the Halloween Hound is, like, chasing the buddies around. And they go into they go into a kitchen, and b-dog's like hey halloween hound if you're gonna eat somebody why don't you eat butter butter butterball first because he's fucking fat and they're like oh my god b-dog why are you being such an asshole he's like just trust me i've got a plan mm. so then the halloween hound is going to attack butterfield and butterfield is like laying like on his stomach um with his butt up in the air and b-dog's like okay butterfield let it go and then butterfield farts in the halloween hound's face as he's blowing um stone smoke at him okay and the power of his flatulence blows the stone smoke back into uh the halloween hound's face and turns him to stone okay mm. so that's we're, we're 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 done with that now right like that's good so then we go back upstairs so now the kids are upstairs with warwick and warwick's like I got my staff. I'm going to summon all the demons of hell or whatever. Or they don't call it that. They call them the demons. They're the spirits of the netherworld because you can't say mm -hmm. ghosts and you can't say demons. You can say ghosts, but not in this instance. So. But you can show a Bible. Okay. No, no, no. We're not. Yeah. You, you can talk about that. So. Ghostbuster ghosts start flying out of the mirror and like, oh my God, like we got to stop all this stuff from happening. So Rance Howard says, Rance Howard, who. 15 minutes previously made a point of saying that he studied latin so he could be the one to say the spell when 
the Halloween Hound comes back and this portal to the netherworld is open. Says, B-Dog's owner, you're the only one that can save us, read this Latin. So this 10-year-old kid, whatever, 11-year-old kid is reading Latin out of this fucking... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I forgot a point. So uh warwick says give me that book and i'll let your dogs free and they're like the, our dogs aren't even here he's like yeah but i know where they are and i won't have them killed if you just give me the book so like okay here's the book so he takes it and he opens it up and he's like our father who art in heaven what and they're like yeah bitch it's a bible god will destroy you and you know what happens god destroys it mm. he gets sucked into the mirror so then he's gone mm. um by the power of jesus so mm. And then B Dog's owner starts reading Latin really poorly, but he reads it well enough, I guess, for the mirror to be like, Yeah, cool, like we, we okay. gotcha. Right. And just Good as enough. just as the sun is rising, the mirror like all sucks all the bad things back in and then it shatters and then everyone is saved. And then everyone that was transformed either into stone by the Halloween hound or into an animal. Like, I forgot to tell you the part. Oh, yeah. The Halloween, the, the wizard turns the um, uh, sheriff into a monkey. Hmm. So, so, and this is another weird thing. Like, this is just a throwaway scene, but it still it was really perplexing. So, Sheriff Monkey is laying on a uh, car, like laying on the hood of his car. Okay. And has. I swear to God, like 60 banana peels all around him. And I thought, how many bananas did this monkey eat in like six right. hours? And where did he get them? It's, it's October. Right. But that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I Presumably October because it supposedly takes place on Halloween, but I don't think anyone in this movie knows what Halloween is or when it occurs. So then all the um, everybody's back to normal. Like So it turns out that the five dogs from the beginning they all got turned to stone. Mm-hmm. they're all alive again so now oh. rance howard is like an 84 year old man with an rv and he's like yeah you know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take these dogs on the road and we're gonna try and see if any of their original owners are alive and we'll just like reconnect you know it's time for it's time for me and pip to start living so then they just <laughs> drive away um and that's it that's 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 spooky buddies why are some of the, probably the worst films the most complicated things i've ever heard in my entire life mm. Yeah, I think I even missed some stuff. I don't know. Right. But that's what you get when you're watching two buddies movies. I watched one yesterday, I watched one today. Well, Space Buddies sound pretty straightforward. Spooky Buddies sound like convoluted as hell. Yeah, but there's some complex stuff in Space Buddies, too, that I didn't talk about. Hmm. Um, For instance, in the future of Space Buddies, which happened in 2009... Um, you can just think food into existence, but when you do it, it just comes out as paper images of the food you thought of, which is very disappointing to Butterball. <laughs> okay. That's a plot point that happens. But it's paper. Oh, and, it, oh, and, it, and at the end, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's dehydrated or something. They don't really explain it. Oh, okay. Like, what am I going to do? Ask? Like, who am I going to ask? I just assume. Then at the end, they at the end of Space Buddies, they throw them a ticker tape parade. But there's maybe 60 people that live in uh, Fernfield, so nothing really happens. It's like people like they're all they're in two cars and they're driving up to the front of the school. Like it's not even like a real place that they're going. 
and then um now all of a sudden uh rosebud has a pink spacesuit and she's like yeah this is more like it like this is so me and it's my only defining characteristic is that i'm wearing pink because i'm a woman dog yes that's um space space buddies and spooky buddies jesus and i ain't ever watching no buddies movies again so don't get any ideas like no I'm treasure done. buddies no treasure buddies sounded treasure buddies actually sounded like it might be a little bit more interesting but i still didn't care too and i'm definitely not ever watching air buddies or snow buddies in my life so when i was looking at the wiki pages on this do you realize the people that like typed up these these things like they they miss the puns like so it's like they're they're typing sputnik not spudnik um it's definitely sputnik yeah and they like miss the halloween hound pun as well yeah um maybe they weren't watching it with the subtitles on and (laughs) right that's so many people are making like money doing these mm-hmm. i told you right hire me like and, but i don't even know so it's like i saw one i can't remember which one it is it's i think it was space buddies i've lost it now i think we had like an eight million dollar budget or something like that or nine million dollar budget but it's like it says here that it's like the 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 first 12 films gross 200 and of the airbud series 220 million and it's like so each if each of them were like roughly eight million. Like I don't know. Like it seems like there's a lot of money being spent on this. And it's like Why is none of it in my pocket? I know. I I don't know, man. Instead I just watched fucking Space Buddies and Spooky Buddies. Right. I watch movies that are geared towards, you know. So right, who's the, who's the audience for this? Like, do you, do you... no living human. I don't know. No sentient being. Do you think there's like a whole generation of kids that are going to like? I don't want to know. This is stuff that Frankie should have watched when he was that age. I mean, he was the right age for it, and he never uh-huh. did. So. Uh-huh. Well, he delivered, I guess. I guess so. I mean. I did what was asked of me. Right. Right. Super Buddies is the end? Yeah, I almost watched that one today. Because <laughs> I had some time before the spin chagrin, but I just couldn't do it. Couldn't ring myself. Colin Hanks plays... Um, so, yeah, the uh, Colin Hanks plays, like, a Captain Canine in that movie, and they go all out with the voice acting in that. It's like... John Michael Higgins, Tim Con- Conway, um, Nock Patchouli from 30 Rock, uh, Amy Sedaris, Zendaya. Like, there's all kinds of people doing voice acting, like, well, as different, like... Buddies is a multi-billion dollar franchise, man. Right. It's like, well, shit, well, why you end it? <laughs> is it over? Yeah, that was the last one of Super Buddies. I don't believe it. I mean, it's 2013. There's always time for a comeback. All you need is five golden retrievers. Right. True. Nah. 
Well. Yeah, I don't know what to say about like. Yes, like what's the audience of this movie? I mean, maybe like eight to twelve year olds, but I don't want to meet those eight to twelve year olds. Like, there's probably nothing good about them. I mean, do you think there's like a like a like an unattended audience or something that maybe like watches these things? Like, is it like a pop? I really don't want to know that audience. <laughs> no, I think it's the opposite. I think it's like Rule Forty Seven or whatever the fuck that shit's called, mm. like furry. Gotcha. I'm telling you, there are people that are in their 40s or 50s that have the whole canon of the Buddies franchise memorized and have some really disturbing fanfic. That's probably based true. off of yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and right. you don't want to know anything about that stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. I hate to even think about the world like that, but you know that it's true. No, oh, yeah, sure. Fucking perverts. <laughs> and they're not even ruining anything good. They're just ruining something weird. Right. Like they're taking a weird thing and making it weirder. I swear to God, when that dog farted in that other dog's face, I I don't know. You you when you're watching a Disney movie, you're thinking maybe I got something a little better yeah. here. Maybe I'm gonna get something that, you know, has a little more class or a little more thought. Nah. No. Nah. No, nah, I the, mean the buddies are just the buddies. It's just the idea that all these people that like don't really get much work overall anymore just are just picking up paychecks on movies like this. Like like Dietrich Bader's like in all of them. Yeah, but he plays something. He's the voice of something, right? He's the voice of the Halloween Halloween Hound, but he was also um, a character in Space Buddies, like a human character. And yeah, then it's like he playing Space Buddies. Oh, he plays Yuri, right? Is is that the evil guy? Well, or is he the doctor? He's the Russian crazy guy that's stuck up on the space station. Oh, okay. He's not really evil. He's just lonely yeah, okay. and oddly so he's the fixated with okay. um, dogs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he but he appears all over the place, and then it's like because Diedrich Vader's in it, like Ryan Stiles, like is the voice of like the owl, um, in that movie, and it's mm. like here's Ryan Stiles, just like I don't know what voice work is, like you know, I mean, what are they probably getting cut like? Thirty thousand dollar check for their time or something, or maybe thousand. I don't maybe know. more. Right, mm-hmm. you. I looked it up and saw that Ryan Styles was the out. You can't tell it's Ryan Styles. He sounds nothing like. Right. It's a completely phoned in performance, which is fine because if you, you know, aside from Ali, Alan Smithying yourself, like that's probably the surest way to kind of hide your involvement right. in this fucking train wreck. So let me ask you this: uh, This movie came out in two thousand and eleven. Rance Howard died in 2017. How many movies do you think Rance Howard was in after this movie? Four. 17. Oh, my God. Well, that's good. At least he kept working. Yeah, I do never quit, man. Good for Rance Howard. Yeah. Too bad that this is one of his legacy movies. That's all I'm going to remember him for for the rest yeah. of my life. Think cool hand Luke. Man. No. It's him saying, no evil could overcome the power or house where God dwells or whatever it is. <laughs> it's in like every Ron Howard movie. Uh, 
no, not everyone, because there's been some after 2017. Um. Hmm. All right. So, what's your score for this thing? Oh, man, it's an eight. Really? Yeah, it's... it was really hard to get through. It sounded a little bit, a little bit more like fun than that, but um. No, maybe it was just the... only fun because of how I describe it. Not fun in right. the watching. It's right. really bad in the watching. I, the thing that I was the most fascinated by was the fact that you're supposed to understand the nuance of the dog saying dog, but he doesn't say dog. He says dog. But the only reason I know was dog is because my captions on the screen said D-A-W-G. But at no point did they ever enunciate the fact that he was saying dog, like oh, my dog, dog, you know, it's, he's just D-O-G is all i could hear and right. it was it's so so perplexing right the voice oh. of b-dog actually skylar gizondo um has had a lot of success in the past like um like seven years since this like well he also up. he also plays the owner of b-dog so he does double roll here oh okay. he doubled, he's he, he, he double dipping in the buddy stash man he's he plays he actually plays a part and he does the voice of b-dog nice mm-hmm but yeah, he he kind of um, blew up a little bit on um, Santa Clara Diet, and then he plays a prominent role in Righteous Gemstones, and he showed up on Curb since then. He got a part in Licorice Pizza, so he um, I recognize him from Licorice Pizza. Yeah, um, he's a funny guy. I mean, but uh, doesn't seem like so much in his young young voice work uh, and his live acting work because it's really bad too, right? Mm. all right so an eight so let's go ahead and spin for next week and see if we can get you something terrible you know what i almost watched i almost watched beverly hills chihuahua What's that? i was real you don't know beverly hills chihuahua no, i don't think so the fuck out of here how do you not know that movie what's that about i don't know exactly what i just said I mean, it speaks for itself. It's about a chihuahua in Beverly Hills. Okay. And he talks. Farmer Stories. Farmer Stories. Farmer Stories? Yeah, Farmer Stories. F-A-R-M-E-R. Farmer. What is the joke in... You think it was like... What's what's the name of that shit in um, Elder Scrolls? Far, far. What is that race? Farmar. Farmar. Yeah. Are you talking about the deep elves or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, farmer. I was thinking. I was thinking about. Oh, fuck. What is the joke in Upright Citizens Brigade? It's their death. Oh, Darth Vader farmers. Darth Vader farmers. Yeah. Yeah. They... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the. That's the Grim Reapers. <laughs> So here's some voice actors from Beverly Hills Chihuahua. I just want you to know. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis, Piper Piriboo, hmm. Manolo, Cardo- Manolo, Manolo Cardona. Uh, oh, no, hold on. These are real people that are in it. Drew Barrymore, Andy Garcia, George Lopez, Edward James Olmos, Placido Domingo, Paul Rodriguez, Cheech Marin, Leslie Mann, Luis Guzman. 
all new voices of Beverly Hills Chihuahua. That's why I almost watched it. I probably would have been better off. Farmer stories? That's one of mine, too, isn't it? It is. Oh, I must have had something in mind, but I don't know what it is now. Fucking Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Jesus. That's a that's a deep. That is that is a deep, like fucking voice acting list there. There's a sequel to it too. You know what it's called? Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. There's a subplot. I don't know. No, it's, it's not a hyphen or colon. Yeah, there's not. Three. There's a third one, and it is it is subtitled. It is uh Viva La Fiesta. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3 Viva La Fiesta. That's good. Everybody likes to party. That's crazy. That had 12.2 million on DVD sales. The third one. Nice. God, this is another dude. Fucking director of this. Actually, oh, he's a CW guy that turned into a Beverly Hills Chihuahua type guy. Mm. So what's 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 going on this week? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I've done in this past week. Honestly, like I don't know. I watched a bunch of movies, podcast movies, or a different. Well, movie? I watched two of the space, two of the buddies' movies. Obviously, we just right. talked about that. Yeah. Um, some podcast movies, some non-podcast movies. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, last night in Soho, I watched. I texted you about that. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I did get through most of Sandman. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have the same complaints I had when I first talked to you about it. Right. Oh, I uh, second season. I have one episode left. Um, but uh, second season of Only Murders in the Building, I think, is actually I really after liking the first season, I thought the second seasons was actually better. Um, is that the Will Arnett thing? Nah, that's uh the Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh Selena Gomez, like uh making fun of like kind of like murder podcasts, um, like a true crime podcast, uh, where they start like somebody gets murdered in the building, so they just start a podcast about it as they investigate it and it's uh mostly comedy, but like kind of dramedy, I guess at mm. times. Um, but Martin Short is uh, incredible in it. It's the best thing I've seen him doing along, like probably since that Arrest Development cam, like cameo. Just something the body does when you shake it. It's crazy, like uh, watching this guy like go, like because he plays like himself at like forty five at one point, and he kind of almost like pulls it off. And it's like it's really crazy, like how Martin Short can um through makeup and wigs can just fluctuate his age anywhere within like twenty. 25 years of what his current age is because it's like he's like 71 right now and it's like shit i thought he's been 71 since i was like 20 because he's always like doing makeup shit where he's playing older people and like you know you, you never know like what the hell is actually going on with him and it's like the whole 90s was mostly him like doing like the jimmy glick character and stuff like that so you had no idea and it's it's, it's pretty crazy that he's only like 71 eh. I I, I, w- I would want to tell you that maybe I'll check it out, but I mean we know what's gonna happen. No, yeah, 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 no, you're you're not gonna watch that. It's fine, and that's fine. You don't have to watch everything, but it's good. It's funny. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I I don't know. 
I was sad last night, so I rewatched Big Trouble in Little China again. Hmm. It's one of my comfort movies. What made you sad? I had to go back to work today. Oh. I know. It's the world's was... small, smallest violin. <laughs> right, it was all, it was all, sympathy, it was all, all the sympathy pouring out of me, is what you heard. <laughs> you know what, though, buddy? I am 43 days away from being on a plane to another country, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something to look forward to. It is definitely something to look forward to. I might not ever come back. Huh. I mean, I got to come back. That's the sad thing. Figured mm. out the electricity and they got internet. I mean, we can still do the podcast, I guess. I wonder if they have, they have all the streaming services where you're going. Is I'd be able to watch my streaming services. Okay. I didn't know how that worked internationally. Mm. Like, with all your. I mean, my phone is locked to this region now, so. Mm. I assume that even right. when I go over there, like it's still is region locked in terms of my streaming. Right. Or I just obtained a new IP address and I'm streaming shit, you know, Thai style, whatever. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I seriously, like, my brain is so muddled. Um, but I, I can't remember what I've done this past week. I feel like I've watched other stuff, but um, I don't know. I guess obviously nothing stands. Oh, I watched this terrible, terrible found footage movie that I just like turned on and I can't remember the name of it. Um, I mean, I shouldn't make fun of people because it's like, it's just like people. The final project, I think it's called, it was on Tubi, and um, it was really bad, really, really, really bad. Um, it's like kudos to them for trying to make a movie, but oh, <laughs> uh, just is that the people in the woods? There's a lot of woods in it, but it's like they go to like an old plantation <clears throat> and like they're doing it for like a school project because they've heard it's haunted and they have to like mm. you know, make mm-hmm. a movie. And it's like they're all like in their 30s, it feels like, even though they're like at like a two year college or some kind of thing, like it feels like. Um, like I don't understand what's going on in it necessarily, like in terms of the casting and all that kind of stuff. And but yeah, then they end up like going to this plantation and you know there's like the white girl's a bitch and the black girl like is like uneasy about like being at the plantation anyway mm. but then uneasy because like she experiences like something before anybody else experiences it, and then like everybody dies basically like um except for maybe one person like lives and uh i don't even remember if that's no nobody lives it ends with a reporter um which actually breaks the found footage in some ways but um <clears throat> aspect of it but there's a reporter like on the screen like talking about finding all the bodies and stuff and more people being missing terrible awful like really low budget they try don't we all uh yeah well big we're sitting, we're sitting here was fun though we're sitting here recording the 30-something episode of the spin chagrin yeah we are. Yeah, I mean that's 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 an effort. So what is that? Uh, sixteen episodes left. Fifteen episodes left. Something. Yeah. I mean, if we don't do the episodes when I'm in Thailand, then right. Yeah. So we'll have. Yeah, we're going to do fifty episodes. Like yeah. because of that. So, yeah, we're spending way too much time in September covering October. So we'll just we'll we're in two weeks of the spin chagrin. We'll we'll stop and unless you want to like go on some kind of wild ride at the end of the year, maybe or something, and like. Yeah, you never know. Fill in the gaps. But, 
All right. You've been doing, uh, you think of anything uh, like you've been watching that you want to talk, actually talk about? Is there anything, I don't know. anything pop culture wise? What about fucking HBO Max? Fuck those dudes. What happened? They're like pulling all this shit from like that, like all these like hundreds of hours of stuff, like Sesame Street they pulled, um, and like all these other like kids programs and stuff like that. They like pulled off of HBO Max, like hundreds of hours, hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of content. Um, so like basically none of those people get any kind of residuals off of it now and stuff like that. And um, there was like no notice. They just did it, and it's all like for tax purposes and shit like everything else they're doing it's like man that warner is just what kind of tax purposes i don't understand well i guess they don't have to pay like um they end up saving. what did i read it's like they not only end up saving the money for the residuals but then there's like some sort of thing where it's like if they like have to pay under so little like it changes like the taxes they have to pay and stuff like that so they're like trying to like basically cut 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 um you know, in terms of like their their payouts in some ways, and it helps them save even more money. Basically, is 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 how I understood the article about like analyzing the article, analyzing. I shouldn't say it's like it's a fact. The article analyzing why they're doing what they're doing. Um, but when it gets into like really heady like tax stuff, like I don't fully understand it because I don't understand how the economy actually works. Mm. I mean, if it's just like Sesame Street, I guess. In theory, I care, but I guess I don't. It's really like care. ten different shows or something like that. Like the, um, like in terms of like, like more children's content that they that they pulled. Um, but then there's uh, that's on top of all the cutting that they're doing of like you know, not like you know going ahead with things that were promised and you know I mean like they're just like what tons there's... of tons of like. DC stuff, like animated stuff and like live action stuff that like they had like signed on for and there's like other television programs that like, you know, had been green lit and people were planning on like starting and then like they stopped and so I mean there's all kinds of shit. Like it just feels like a massacre kind of um of the prior regime in some ways. Sometimes you gotta shed that old skin in order to grow your new coat, you know what I mean? So and the new coat's gonna be all property brothers all the time because they just want to like basically combine like that discovery service like with hbo max in some ways and um well, we look, i mean it's a successful thing it's, it uh, is it is i mean i don't know why you can't like just kind of let lose money fucking communists Successful service Sesame already. Street is right here. On HBO Max? Yeah. 52 motherfucking seasons of it. Let me see if they put it back up. No, maybe it's not every season. No, they pulled 200 episodes of Sesame Street. And there's still a lot of Sesame Street on here. And if you've seen one Sesame Street, you've seen it all. It's weird because they have the first season, which is only five episodes long, apparently. Then they have the fifth season. Right. And then they have the seventh season. So I guess it's like giving you your base of all the characters and their history. Yeah. 
And then they got seasons. Hundreds three. of episodes, most from the first 40 years of the show, have been removed. But it was like people just woke up and they were removed. Um, it's like there was no announcement even. Um, 36 titles have been pulled off um, the platform. Here's an episode called Mucko Polo, Grouch Explorer. And it's a guy wearing like Florentine clothing from the 13th century in a trash can. Mm. Looks amazing. I can't remember. There's some other stuff that they were getting ready to pull, and people were like, kind of like up in arms about like that they that it was probably going to like end up leaving HBO Max, and it was like weird stuff too that you would think like that shouldn't be leaving HBO Max, but it was. I don't know. So they're probably like selling off parts too, kind of like, hey, you guys want to like spend money on like you know so you can stream this for three months or whatever and make a frankenstein if you don't got parts uh whatever it's just become a thing now like where it's like i probably would have just always like just had it on like i'll probably like put it into a rotation to turn it off every once in a while most likely what do you care if there's still stuff you want to watch is there anything that you wouldn't want to watch that got taken off no, just, it's, I, just, I think it's just, i think it's just a sign of things to come are you just trying like, to have ideals or something it's just a sign of things to come. I don't know. I think there's still good stuff on HBO Max. Of course there is. Right. So for now. <sighs> Mostly. Dragged across concrete still in there. Everyone should go watch that movie. Yeah. Beetlejuice is on now. Oh no, it leaves August 31st. What? It just came up. It came up somewhere else. It just came up this month. Like on HBO and it's already leaving on HBO. August 31st. Hmm. Here, here's Beetlejuice for one month. I mean, and whatever. I, mean, I guess people, if they're going to watch it, will watch it. <sighs> All right. Well, you better watch the first Transformers movie before August 31st <laughs> and the whole Underworld franchise. Watch fucking Michael Bay fucking simp on what's her name? Megan Fox for mm. fucking two hours. <clears throat> Awful. Did we watch that for the podcast, the first one? Or is it the no, second? we watched um, the Dark of the Moon. One. No, it's not the second one. It's like Revenge of the one. Fallen. Oh, is that what we watched? Yeah, is that the, the second, second one? one? Yeah, I think that's the second one. Oof. That's when he goes to college, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I can't remember Shia LaBeouf's name. It's like it's like Whirly McTurdy or something like that, but that's not right. <laughs> what do you think it is? Whirly McTurdy? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sam Witwicky. That's it. I was gonna say it's not a real name, right? Um, Witwicky. Fuck out of here. Oh, I watched a podcast movie last night that yeah. I haven't watched in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it really um kind of bothered me. Huh. That's interesting. Um, this week. Yeah, this week. Okay. Interesting. All right, I'm actually, well, I'm yeah. actually at the point where I just want to watch my own shit again, and I don't know when that's ever going to happen. Like, I look at movies, and I'm like, oh my god, I really want to watch this movie, and then I say, no, I've got 42 hours of movies I have to watch in the next two weeks, right? In order to appease, when's our next break? Oh, I guess well, we're taking a big long break when I'm not in the country, right? Well, I mean, I'm not going to be watching movies then. Mm-hmm. I know we're not even going to be able to do a fresh drive this year. At the end of the year, what? yeah, we will. We'll be what? fine. We'll squeeze it in. We'll just cut something else out. 
I don't know. It's on the schedule. I just don't know if you're going to have enough movies. Oh, I've still watched enough movies. Trust yeah. me. I'm just not watching at the pace that I want to watch. Gotcha. I'm only squeezing in like four or five new movies a week. Oh, okay. Only four or five new <laughs> I see. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I already to... have like four of the five for the Fresh Five this so far. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, this week on the Primary Podcast, uh, top five horror films in 1977, um, which interesting list i'm i'm excited to talk about it so um and then next week we will be back with a uh movie that is a farmer story um i don't even think there's anything you can do with that is there frank just has to include a farmer watch a movie of francis farmer oh great i guess person's name could be farmer right you'll watch a movie that takes place on a farm there's actually several that i've looked up in the time that we've been talking here Hmm. That have farm in the title. I mean, you probably find one that um has um Rance Howard in it. It feels like he probably plays a farmer a lot. Well, is that is that gonna be the oh fucking <laughs> all right? Well, next week, farmer stories. Uh thank you everybody too. I should probably do that at the beginning of the podcast always, um for um for for downloading uh so much in the past week um we appreciate it yeah the podcast has been doing well um in the past like seven days so i Um, found that if you just if you just search for a word mm -hmm. on tubi it will eventually start giving you movies that involve that thing Hmm. without actually like having it in the title interesting yeah yeah because i don't think all i've tried that before and not all of them do that so like here i've got a movie Farmer Seeking Love, a successful reality TV show producer, convinces a small-town farmer to be the next Bachelor on her hit dating program, Head Over Heels. Is that a movie? Yeah. Jesus. I typed in Farmer. Here we are. It's not going to be that movie. Can't do it. But I'm just saying that that movie exists. Right. Right. Well. Got Maniac Farmer here. That's more my speed, you know? That is, yeah. Sure someone's killing somebody. Sure. But here, I'll give you another example. So I looked up, I typed in farmer. Equalizer 2000 came up. Equal, what Here's the that? It's a movie from 1987 because, you know, the year 2000 right, was yeah, so far away uh-huh. at that point. It's got, in a post-apocalyptic future, a single weapon could tip the balance of power. One heroic soldier has it and everyone else will kill to get it. Here's the thing. Something in this movie is about farming. Or has a farm in it because it comes up in the search. Or it's got like a bit actor named Farmer, maybe. But who knows? I mean, this is this is what you gotta you find have to out. watch it and find out. This is this is how I learned. This is how you end up through journeys. Right. It's true. <laughs> Tucker, a man in his dream came up. What the fuck? Was there a farmer in that? I mean, he probably there probably is a farm in the beginning. Uh, can't you I haven't seen that movie since I was like eight years old but can it it feels like it starts on a farm like it's fucking superman movie right yeah um before he becomes a man of industry and like tucker tucker was basically superman yeah fucking it's like it's like fucking nixon right like um starts on a farm and you know ends up you know in the white house um they all start like that every fucking man of like you know these bastions of industry any like movie about them like starts on a fucking farm i think that's because they all come from modest means and pull themselves up by their bootstraps that's right 
also have parents with ridiculous amounts of money or get some kind of inheritance. Right. Right. That's that's the that's the other pathway. <sighs> All right. Mm. So they're not, a whole lot, they're, not, they're not a whole lot of farmer movies happening here, man. I'm just telling you. Well, Frank's on the search. He's on the case. He'll sniff out a farmer movie and go ahead and talk about it next week as we uh, plow through the Spencer-Green concept until um, the end of this year. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Deuces.